we can go back in time two weeks ago, the Super Bowl that we have coming up on Sunday, this Sunday, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs may not be the one that many of you would have wanted, had asked for, but it's the one we have, and I actually think this could be one of the classic Super Bowls of all time. We had a great one last year, Chiefs and Eagles. Will the Chiefs repeat, or will the 49ers win their first Super Bowl since Steve Young was their quarterback? We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk a little bit about the Saints. We're going to give you some prop bets we like. Larry Holder is with us once again for the last time in a little while here. It's the season three finale of Datitude, and it's coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to my friends elsewhere, out there, every single place where they can't wait till next year when the Saints are getting ready to play into Super Bowl 59 in the Caesar Superdome. It's going to be fun, isn't it? Saints and, oh, who cares? Saints and Bills. Yeah, that's about as much chance as Saints and Bills in the Super Bowl next year as me actually playing in the Super Bowl, I think. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think this. I think this is the season three finale of the Datitude podcast Episode number 208 for a Friday, February the 9th, 2024. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Speaking the Advocate and bet.nola.com. Three seasons. They let me do this for three whole seasons. And you're still here. I mean, are you new to the pod? Or what have you expect? You know, did you did someone turn you on to this thing and say, look, you just got to get through some of the dumb crap in the beginning, and he actually gives you some good picks if you can make it through. Just just hit that little 30-second fast-forward button over and over again. That'll get you through. I am going to give you some good picks coming up in the show today. Larry Holder, as he has been just about every Friday throughout the season, was with me this morning live on all of our NOLA.com and bet.NOLA.com social media uh, spots. And... Uh, he is going to come on with me, and we're going to talk mostly about the Super Bowl. We do spend about six to eight minutes talking about the Saints and their choice at offensive coordinator and Clint Kubiak. Uh, what do you think about that? We talked about this last week, and look, I think uh, the Saints are showing that they are coming out of – they realize that they have to move on from the Sean Payton era. Yeah, I mean, moving – and what's the best way to move on? You move on from Pete Car No longer do I have to say – Anything, I don't even have to call him Sean Payton's little clipboard holder anymore. I mean, that's what he's going to do again in Denver, but I don't have to say that anymore. Um, he is gone. I'm going to be nice. Good luck in Denver. Good luck to Sean Payton, too, even though I don't see him winning anything anytime soon. But maybe we'll be back here. Maybe there'll be Saints. Wouldn't it be? Wow. Could you think of that? I mean, the odds are about 200 to 1. Could you imagine Saints and Broncos? In Super Bowl 59 in New Orleans, 
What kind of stories? You think Swifty's a story? Could you imagine? I mean, look, we can all dream at night, can't we? I mean, that, that would be quite the story if we're sitting here next year talking about the Saints and the Broncos. Hey, if you go bet on that right now, you could probably retire if that happens. If you bet Saints and Broncos exact teams to make the Super Bowl, and you, I don't know, put probably even 50 bucks on it, you probably could retire. I don't know what the odds are. The odds on that have to be astronomical. Somebody will take your bet if you want to do that. If you want to throw away 50 bucks, they'll, they'll definitely take your bet. All right, but we're going to get into all that this afternoon or this morning. It's still this morning when I'm recording this. By the time you listen, it'll be this afternoon. What you got planned for Mardi Gras weekend? Uh, a lot going on here. Look, it's uh, a lot of you know already it's been a rough week for me. Um, I lost my dad last Sunday, uh, and I'm going to have a little tribute uh, at the end of the show today. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. If you want to listen to it, great. If you don't understand, uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about my dad a little bit here on the show. I was there with him, um, literally when he took his last breath last Sunday. Won't be hard to uh, remember what day he passed, two four twenty four. So um, this show is going to be dedicated to Jim Derry Senior, and uh, you know he was he lived a great life. He uh, passed away at age 81. He came down with COVID and uh, turned into pneumonia pretty quickly. And, um, you know, he, his, last, his last few days were, were rough, I'll just say that. But, um, you know, he lived a good life. He got to do a lot of things that he wanted to do, just about everything probably. Uh, he was, you know, uh, my stepmother Donna is, is, a, is suffering Great lady, she's she's suffering right now uh, in Florida, and um, you know when you're with someone for 37 years, and you're you're alone now, and you, you just it's going to be tough on her. So prayers go to, out to her as well. But I'll uh, I'll wrap up this show this afternoon with with uh, with a tribute to my dad. If you want if you want to stick around and listen to that, um, but I do want to talk about Super Bowl, and I want to talk a little bit about Mardi Gras, uh, Mardi Gras weekend. It's a weekend to, to be joyous and, and happy. So you got the Super Bowl and you got Mardi Gras the same weekend. It, it doesn't happen all that often. Uh, Larry and I actually, towards the end of our interview, talk about the last time that Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl kind of came together. Um, it's been a while, I think, since I, I want to say it's been something along the lines of 15, 16 years since the last time I think Mardi Gras weekend was the same weekend as the Super Bowl that it was on the same uh, night as Bacchus. That's got to be... And, and I was actually in Bacchus the last time it happened. I don't, rem- I don't remember how I handled that. I really don't. I know I watched the game. At, at some part, we were finding out what happened. In the, I don't remember. I uh, really don't. It was New England and... God, I don't even remember who was playing. I want to say it was 07, 08, somewhere around there. Larry tells us who it is. Um, and then the last time that Mardi Gras... And the parades were going on at the same time. And I tell this story a little bit, so I'm not going to get into it much here. But the Philly special was the same night as uh, some parades. It was the first weekend of carnival parades. And uh, my daughter was supposed to ride the night before as a, as, a, uh, as a maid or whatever you call it, the junior maid. And it got rained out. So they had to ride on the, Super, on the night of the Super Bowl. They moved it. That was fun. 
except for the, you know, 45 seconds to a minute when my daughter passed, I'm like sitting there staring at my phone while everyone else is yelling, hey, mister, throw me something. I'm like, hey, Nick Foles, throw something to somebody. <laughs> Get a touchdown. I think I had the Eagles in that one. That came through. That was a winner. What do we like in this one? 49ers, Chiefs. Going to save my pick for the end. Larry coming on here. We will talk about Saints, talk about Super Bowl, and then I'll expand on uh, some of my prop picks, prop bets, and uh, my pick when we're done. Larry Holder, what is going on this morning? I had to find the best pop star shirt I could in my house. And I was telling you before, like, my wife has, she's a Swifty, and she has, like, some flirty girl Taylor Swift-themed T-shirts. But, A, I didn't want to look for them. And, B, they're probably too small for me. So I went into my own uh, T-shirt drawer and found Uh it. And if you're watching, Brittany, like, teenage. No, 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 no. you got to do the dance you did. There it is. Jimmy. Teenage Britney Spears t-shirt. That is my shirt. For those listening to the podcast on the audio only version that comes on later, um, let it be known for the record that Larry Holder was doing the shimmy on live internet television. Like I was in the halftime show. Maybe you are the halftime show and we don't even know about it. I mean, forget about Usher. Who needs Usher? We got Larry Holder here on on the pod. All right, all right. Let's get any of that experience. No one, no one. No, we're going to have fun throughout this podcast. If you want to join in in the fun, you're more than welcome to type in any comment or question you may have, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and we'll show it here on the air uh, as long as it's not uh, ridiculously over the top. We'll show it here on the air. All right, Larry, we're going to have a shorter show than usual here, probably in the realm of a half an hour or so this morning. Um, because frankly, I'm going on vacation as soon as I hit the button on this show and I'm ready to go on vacation. Um, but we do want to talk a little bit before we start talking about the Super Bowl. briefly want to talk about the saints and the imminent hire coming of Clint Kubiak and as offensive coordinator. And I want to get your opinion on, it's not just Kubiak, but obviously they were kind of making sweeping changes throughout in the offense. Are you surprised that, um, that so many changes are being made right now? No, because the next person who would be swept out the building would be Dennis Allen. So you've got to make changes. I mean, obviously the offense has been stagnant the last couple of years. You need to make changes. And where did they go? They went to one of the most creative uh, offenses uh, on the planet with the 49ers. And you and me have agreed in previous uh, Datitude podcasts that we liked Kubiak the best. Yes. Uh, for this hire. So I got to give kudos for the Saints for making this happen. And look, you look at the staffing changes, and it's it's just about completely different. I think the tight ends coach is the only one kind of kind of back there. And uh, look, I guess kudos to them. That means he did a good job coaching tight ends. But still, uh, sweeping changes. And when you look at Kubiak and you look at the quarterbacks that he's coached, and they're very similar – in style to what you have with the Saints with Derek Carr. I mean, he's coached Kirk Cousins. He's coaching Brock Purdy. He did Russell Wilson, but look, Russell Wilson is a, he's kind of an odd bird, not exactly like the other three that we're mentioning, but still uh, you're, you're talking about guys that 
they could be creative with with a pocket passer. And so I think that's something that uh, certainly the Saints looked at. And to me, again, kudos. I think that's the best hire they could have made. I agree. Um, and this again, this is something we've talked about. And I think uh, going outside of the building was the right move. I think they would have kept Ronald Curry. Um, and, Ronald, again, Ronald Curry may turn out to be some great offensive mind later on, and people will say, oh, the Saints could have kept Ronald Curry. But I think in the grand scheme of things, for the right now, for this moment, uh, they had to get go outside of the building. Dennis Allen, we've talked about it. His job's on the line. Uh, there's zero question about that going forward. And um, Well, Curry quickly got a job. He's he, Joe yeah. Brady snagged yeah. him because Joe Brady's the OC in the Bills. Curry immediately, as soon as that happened, Curry has a job with Buffalo. Good for him. I mean, they'll probably make a yeah. good pair and 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 work and and do well with Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't blame. And look, as someone who we know the offense struggled, then it is what it is. But I don't blame the offensive struggles on Ronald Curry. He was just no. part of. A, he was a he was a a casualty of of Pete Carmichael in my in my opinion. So it is what it is. Uh, I wish. Uh, and I'm sure the Saints like genuinely wish him nothing but success. People say that and don't mean it most of the time, like le- legitimately. I hope he has a lot of success going forward. And I think Ronald Curry will be an offensive coordinator in this league at some point in the near future. Um, what does this change, you know, going forward? You know, all the talk about John Gruden and now, you know, people aren't talking much about John Gruden now. Uh, does Do you think he has some role with the Saints in the background in some capacity? Uh, as an advisor or something along those lines, I could still see that. Uh, so I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happened. But still, uh, look, that's to me. I felt. I feel like that would be. That would not have been just good circumstances. You and me have gone round and round right. in agreement of why that would not have been, uh, in our opinions, uh, the best way to turn. Uh, but could they bring him in in some bigger role than just around for the week? Yes, but that's certainly something you don't need to rush out and do. So I'm curious to see uh, if slash when that happens. But yeah, you you know the fact that they made the right move offensively. It's uh, it's probably not the same as what say Gruden would do. And a fresh set of eyes. They needed it. Like they needed fresh, fresh set. I, totally I outside the building. Needed a reset. And I think that kind of brings some life to uh, maybe the, the pieces of the puzzle on offense. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And what, these are things we're going to get in more uh, more into when after we're going to take a little uh, little break after this show. Uh, I'm going on a, a, a mini vacation. I'm not going anywhere, but uh, taking a little break. I usually take the week off before Mardi Gras, but because it's Super Bowl week, I couldn't do that this time. So I'm going to be off next week and uh, part of the week after. So Datitude will return programming note the first Friday in March, which I think is March the second, if I'm if I'm right. Oh no, it's a leap year, so maybe it's March the first. Then anyway, whatever the first Friday in March is, that's when uh, Datitude will be back. Uh, Larry will be on some of these shows going forward. I'm sure we'll be on talking about the draft at some point. We're talking about uh, you're going to be doing combine stuff. We'll be uh, so we'll be talking about the draft and. Uh, and then in the off season, obviously we start gearing towards next season. Larry will be uh, on, but not every Friday after after today. You're gonna give me a break. I, I'm gonna give you a break, but you know what? Um, we'll start uh, with fantasy baseball for too long. I'm not <laughs> gonna give you a break in fantasy baseball. You know, both we of wear us each other out. Still. We're trying to scratch and claw in our media league. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to make sure we're scratch and claw each other. 
Make sure you wear that shirt. You You try to at least like scratch each other's backs. Yeah, make sure you wear that. Oh, man, don't tell people that. Uh, We're going to wear that shirt to the draft, please. All right, let's talk about Super Bowl 58. And, uh, uh, you know, I think you and I, uh, I can't remember what you picked for the the championship game. You picked Baltimore, didn't you? Yeah, that was old. I I I don't know. I really don't know why I did that. I shouldn't have. Well, I mean, it's weird. So I didn't trust Baltimore the week before, but then I trust him against. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, you didn't trust him against Houston, but against Mahomes, you trusted him. That that was that was great. But Lamar did win uh, his second uh, NFL MVP yesterday. Your thoughts on that? And uh, the one knucklehead. And look, I'm not saying he's a knucklehead because he didn't pick Lamar uh, because I don't think Lamar should have won MVP. I think Christian McCaffrey was the best player in the league this year. So if you want to pick against Lamar, fine. If you don't want to be the if you want to be the lone dissenter, he he couldn't know he was going to be the lone dissenter, I guess. But his explanation for why he chose Josh Allen, of all people, Josh Allen, really? I mean, that's who you're going to pick for MVP, Josh Allen. Um, but anyway, so it was 49 out of 50 first place votes for Lamar Jackson. Your thoughts on, on the MVP race? Well, actually, I didn't know that there was a, a dissenter. So I, I didn't, I was, I guess. Yeah, there was w- one guy who, who just, and then of course he uh, makes himself uh, try to make it as big as possible on, on Twitter and post a link to why he, his, his voting, you know, his top five, what he voted and why he voted that way. He's an idiot. Oh, well, uh, I'll have to go look up to see who it is. And if I know him, I can uh, maybe yell at him, but uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, name in a second. Yeah. It, it's it, here's the thing that this race was so wide open the entire year. Uh, and I, I've written about it a bunch of times. Uh, you've had so many favorites. Uh, right. you, I, I can, I'm going to start just rattling off names off the top of my head of people who are either the favorite or tied as the favorite throughout the year. So it was Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, uh, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, uh, and, and Lamar Jackson. And so and I think in, in a three-week span or a four-week span, you had a different favorite in four weeks. Like, this right. was wide open. And so I think it was more about you had front runners. Some of them fell off. Lamar Jackson stayed pretty steady and then elevated toward the end of the season. The big heads-up matchup – when, you know, you don't say quarterback versus quarterback. Yeah, right. So what? Uh, Perception-wise, it's quarterback versus quarterback. And Lamar Jackson uh, beat Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy played terrible that game. And Lamar Jackson had a good game. And then from there, he really propelled himself, had a perfect passer rating in his final regular season game. Uh, so, yeah, like the, the pick made sense, but it was, it was definitely a year where uh, it, you know, the, the pegs were all over the map. It was not like Mahomes ran away with it or Tom Brady ran away with it. This was a very wild year, and Lamar Jackson kind of just outlasted everyone. Yeah, Dak Prescott actually finished second uh, in the overall voting. But, look, this this to me, these awards are now meaningless, uh, the way that people vote. And the guy's name, by the way, I can't believe I'm giving him pub because he's a moron, uh, is Aaron Schatz. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh, is he what used to be with football outsiders? I think so. I, I, I don't think know so. him. I just know who he is. Yeah, well. He's a smart guy, but like, like hey, you too. Well, he might be. I mean, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, it, it's probably a ploy to get people to read it. And I clicked on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably a bigger more. I mean, he, maybe he's smart. Maybe he's a smart guy. who does. I mean, people do things that they don't believe all the time to get 
people to look at their stuff. So, I mean, I guarantee you that his his post probably got 200,000 clicks today. Uh, so, in a way, he got what he wanted. So, maybe we're the morons. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it just goes to show. The, the, and his, if you read through his reasoning without you having to click on it, so I'll give you a little inside info. Uh, he talks about how he's listed five court. He didn't even vote for McCaffrey in his top five, by the way, because the quarterback's the most important position on the field. Well, sure. That doesn't mean the quarterback ha- has to be the MVP. And th- they should just name this the the AP top quarterback award and stop calling it MVP because it's a quarterback award. I don't know that a non-quarterback will ever win this ever again. It would have to be actually a year like this might've been a year where it could have happened. Right. And not a, not a single uh, non-quarterback got a, got a single first place vote. Yeah. I think the last time we were really in contention for a non Quarterback might have been like Jonathan Taylor or Justin Jefferson or Derrick Henry. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, the quarterback is, to me, it's the most valuable position in sports, like all of sports. I don't disagree with that. Doesn't mean you, you automatically make it the MVP. I mean, McCaffrey had what, a short, just shy of 2,000 yards and over 20 touchdowns. I mean, what else does, uh, you, does anyone think that? This, the so did Raheem Mostert. Are we voting for him? No. Well, do we think the Niners are in the Super Bowl without Christian McCaffrey? Absolutely not. I mean, well, do you think the Niners would be in the Super Bowl without Brock Purdy? Do you think Sam Darnold yeah, could put him maybe. there? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, you're, you are a Brock Purdy detractor. Uh-oh. No, I'm not. I like Brock Purdy. Oh. I think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But when you got the defense that they have, and the way they run the football, I'm not so sure that they couldn't have got to the Super Bowl. I don't Bowl know. I'm not with trusting their quarterback. I'm not trusting their defense as much these days. Like that's right. that's and that goes part of my logic of. Uh, that's a great my, segue. Yes, part of my logic. That's a great segue. You look at the defensive rankings. We well, all the rankings here on the bottom of the screen here on this beautiful Datitude podcast season finale. The defense eighth ranked against the ninth ranked uh, offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. So very even there. You talk about their passing defense, 14th against uh, the Chiefs, sixth ranked offense. Uh, the rush defense, they're not going to be able to run the ball. I mean, I, I understand Pacheco has had a phenomenal season, but it's all going to be on Mahomes, which is why if you like the Chiefs, I think you like the Mahomes over, I think it's 262 and a half yards now uh, passing. And if you like the 49ers, maybe you don't like the over. But I think those two kind of go hand in hand. But this is the Mahomes game for me, and it's a McCaffrey game on the other side. Like it's going to come down to, uh, for me, uh, which defense do you trust more? And that's part of why I brought, I just brought up what I brought up. And uh, all I know is I've seen the 49ers defense have struggles the back part of the season and even into the playoffs. The reason the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl is because of their defense. This is, it's like you wish that in some of the Drew Brees great statistical years, Drew Brees wish he had the defense like this and Patrick Mahomes uh, is getting in it. And Patrick Mahomes has had a down year, statistically speaking, uh, with all the metrics. And trust me, if you follow my coverage at The Athletic, I write about quarterbacks every single week. And this is the worst year of Mahomes' career. Is it all his fault? No. I mean, his position, skill position players, uh, they're, they're not any good. And Kelsey's getting older. 
So they're going to address that in the offseason, and he'll probably have better numbers and such next year, and the Chiefs will be more dangerous offensively. But their defense uh, is stacked. Like, each level, it's stacked. Secondary, linebackers, defensive front. Like, they're the reason why they're in in, in this position. And so when you look at uh, just how the Chiefs have gotten here, it's scratching and clawing. And uh, and yet, uh, it's amazing you see, well, the MVPs, the favorites to win the MVP would be Mahomes, but the favorite in the game is the 49ers. So I, I find that to be a, a, a bit of an oddity uh, given uh, the mixture of, of the bag here. Here's what people don't understand, and here's where the sports betting part comes into it. And people don't understand this. And I, and I had a, a good friend of mine who I thought understood how this all works before the game telling me, what do you think the line's going to be? I got Chiefs minus two and a half. I'm like, you're insane. I'm like, there is 0.0 chance the, the Chiefs are going to be favored in this game. At any point, the Chiefs will not be favored. And he started coming. I'm like, I do this for a living. I think I know the spread's going to be somewhere between two and three 49ers. And it's, it opened at two and a half, immediately went down to one and came back to two and it stood there. But here's how lines are put together for those who don't understand. It's not just Vegas doesn't just pick a number out of the sky. They don't say, oh, the Chiefs have been playing great lately. The Niners haven't been playing great lately. It doesn't work that way. The way that lines are set are by each book has their own power rating. And by the way, these power ratings are pretty similar across the board. They, they have people who put these power ratings together. And let's just say the 49ers are they have a power rating of of nine or so, which means they're they're nine points better than an average team. Okay? And the Kansas City Chiefs have a, a, a power rating of seven, which means they're seven points better than an average team. So you get nine, you got seven, nine minus seven is two. And that's where the number comes up from. So on a neutral field, it's San Francisco. Minus two, which is what we have here. And that's, that's how the number comes up. So it's not has nothing to do with, you know, who's better at that, that point in time. And recency bias does play a small role in, in deciding lines. But so if this game had been played maybe at the end of the regular season, it might have been San Francisco might have been a nine and a half. And Kansas City might have been a five and a half, let's say. And so the line would have been somewhere along four back uh, at the end of the regular season. So because of what they've done in the, in the playoffs, I do think that the Niners have dropped a little bit in Kansas City, obviously have risen because they've beaten Buffalo in Baltimore, but that's how we get to this minus two. There was no way it was ever going to get to where Kansas City had a better ranking than San Francisco, if that makes sense. I, I mean, I, I get actually where that's coming from because actually if you look at the season as a scope, I mean, San Francisco has been better than Kansas city. Like that's, that has just overall, it's the way it's been. And even though the 49ers, they haven't exactly been overwhelming and aesthetically pleasing in, in their wins, they've still won and they've still right. gotten there. Uh, and then Kansas city, uh, like they have kind of look, if you look at their regular season, Mark, the back half of the season has been up and down big time and they've kind of been able to, to, in my opinion, just kind of use that experience and kind of outwit some of these other teams. And, uh, you know, and you, you kudos to the coaching staff and for the players who have been there before and uh, aren't affected by the moment. And I think that's, you know, that's that's a big thing for the Chiefs just even getting here. And so, you know, but, yeah, I, I think it's 
I mean, look, minus two. That's that's it's, pretty, it's, that's pretty close to being even, you know. It like, really is. It really is. And I got to be honest, you know, it, it's interesting that I, I find the line, neither the, the the spread nor the money line has changed all that much over the course of that initial, since that initial movement. Uh, it came back to two, like, I think on a, a week ago Tuesday, uh, maybe even a week ago Monday. It, di- it didn't stay at one very long. It went immediately back to two. People with money bet San Francisco enough to make it go back to two, and it's been back and forth. Um, the public is all over the Chiefs. Uh Aunt Mabel and Drunk Joe at the bar are all betting the Chiefs. There are very few regular Joes who are going to watch this game and, uh, you know, smoking their Joes and drinking their beer uh, who aren't voting for the Chiefs because they don't vote against Mahomes when bet against Mahomes when it matters. Um, but the Niners across the sharp money, what I think has been interesting is a lot of sharps are saying things that average Joes are saying. Like, people with the money, there have been so many. It's split. It's almost 50-50, I think, down the line when you talk about people with the money. And a lot of the Sharps are saying, again, things that that average Joe is saying. And they're saying, I don't want to bet against Mahomes. And I completely understand that. So that's kind of where we are right now. It is truly, um, even with people who know what they're talking about, kind of a toss-up. Hence, you see where the line is. Yeah, I, I think that, the, and it goes back to me, to the on-field where Mahomes hasn't been his best and the Chiefs are winning. Right. Like, that is dangerous. Like, like, I agree. Like, Mahomes, you know he is one of the few players in any sport in the world that almost can flip the switch. Like, there is a rare breed that can do that sort of thing in the biggest moment of their sport. And he is one of them in arguably the hardest sport on the planet to do that. I think even more so than Tom Brady. I would agree. I mean, all you got to do is look at, uh, you know, it's Tom Brady didn't have this stretch uh, uh, at the beginning of his, his career. I mean, he's been to, you know, six straight AFC title games. This is his fourth Super right. Bowl since being a starter. Uh, and this is the best defense he's playing with. And it's like, seriously, if he wins – and he wins the MVP, he should just hand the award to the entire defense because that's why they got it. He's smart enough to know that. Like, he's not a dummy. He's smart enough to know that, man, I am very fortunate to be here because we have not been the same, and that defense has been lights out. Like, people like like Legereus Sneed, their corner, he is going to make so much money in the offseason. There's no doubt about that. So much money. Uh, Chris Jones, he's a big-time player. He's up for a new contract. Who know he look? He's going to be making like Aaron Donald money, but still. So if Kansas City wins, you're saying that Patrick Mahomes should just take that MVP trophy and run over to, to Spags, Steve Spagnola, and say, "Here you go, buddy." Maybe not Spags, and my buddy Scott Shanley would probably still booze and hisses uh, Steve Spagnolo. Uh, but now you could certainly give it to a number of those players, like Chris Jones, like George Karloftis. Uh, you know, any like man, that defense don't mess with them. Like, that's remember, the remember four months ago when we were wondering if Chris Jones was going to play this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was contract. Is, I knew he was going to play. You can't well, you know, play the table. Give me a break. The talking heads uh, were, were saying, "Oh, he might sit out." Oh, yeah. I'm like, this dude ain't sitting out. Give me a break. I mean, he's those coming. guys need content, so they just every wild 100%. idea they just throw up. It's like, come. 
I mean, people actually buy this stuff, though. I mean, you know, they're really buying it. All right, let's get into the pick, and because I actually want to talk about a couple of props after we make our pick. Let's. let's oh, talk. I didn't. We didn't do the props list. Uh, we uh, had some things going on this week. So yeah, yeah. It's, we, I would have liked to have done the whole prop list. It's been a. It's been a. Let's just say. Uh, mind distracting week for me. For me, uh, it's been tough to concentrate on football for sure. Um, let's talk about the game itself and your thinking. Uh, I don't. Again, I agree with you. I don't think the spread matters all that much. Uh, you're talking about minus two. Um, I am personally, my bets have all been on a money line, uh, and I'll tell you who in a minute. I'm not touching that spread. I don't like it either way. I'd rather just either give the juice or take. Take uh, some free money or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I, I'm on a money line. I'm going to let you go first. My guest, you've been with me all year long. What is your thinking and reasoning for who you like in Super Bowl 58? Well, my pick's been public for like a week, so it's already out there. But it hasn't changed. Like, my mind hasn't changed. Uh, I am going Kansas City 24, San Francisco 21. And I set, I laid out my entire groundwork already. I trust Kansas City's defense more than I trust uh, the 49ers' defense. And I think Patrick Mahomes can make enough plays against uh, San Francisco. And I think that Kansas City can slow down uh, Brock Purdy and that unit enough. Also, which I didn't mention in my explanations uh, of picks at The Athletic, but I trust Harrison Butker more than I trust uh, Moody. Uh, Jake Moody. Jake Moody. I, I mean, I Butker is is pretty much money. Like, yeah. I, if I need a kick and the game's on the line, I'm trusting Butker. I'm not trusting trusting Moody. So, hence, 24-21 Chiefs. I think that's sound logic. Uh, I certainly agree with the last part. If you, if I got to pick a kicker, I'm picking Butker over a guy that has had some issues uh, down the line. That being said, I know people out there who watch us on a regular basis will be shocked. When I say, I'm on the other side, Larry Holder. Uh, <laughs> well, at least uh, someone will be right and someone will be wrong. I like that. That's, that. Hey, that is that. how we're going to finish this year for sure, this season anyway. Um, look, and my pick also was posted uh, Wednesday, and it's also been posted this morning. There's a post on NOLA.com about the people who cover the Saints, and they were nice enough to include me uh, in that group as well uh, in my pick. And I have a very similar score. I have... 49ers 24 Chiefs 19 the same by the way we did not talk to each other but Zach Ewing and I have the exact same score uh, the, with the exact, isn't it it's 24 to, it's not like a 24 yeah. 21 or 21 to 17 or 28 to 24 no it's 24 to 19 we both had the same score I actually bet on it four four bucks wins me 915 dollars if that's the score it's the only exact score I bet on so we'll we'll see what happens but my reasoning is this um, I know Mahomes has been great for me in the playoffs betting wise. I've had a wonderful, uh, few weeks in the playoffs. It's been uh, very profitable for me. It's actually been a pretty good season. Uh, sure. I'll toot my own horn. Why not? Uh, but I will say this, I know betting against Mahomes is, is betting at your own peril, but I just think that San Francisco, since they demolished the Cowboys in I think week five, uh, which was the first weekend of October, I've thought that San Francisco was the best team in the NFL, and I still think they're the best team in the NFL. I, I don't go for recency bias, and I understand why people do. Um, so I'm not going to try to talk you out of a pick. If you like Mahomes and 
you think Kansas City's been that much better, but I just don't know how good Buffalo and Baltimore in the grand scheme of things really are. So the fact that Kansas City beat them, I'm not sure that that sways me all that much. In uh, Baltimore, no one's, I mean, Mahomes, I agree with you that it could come down to defense. And if it does, yeah, Kansas City's ranking of defense is better. But I just think when it comes down to it, those linebackers that San Francisco has, it's going to force, it's going to take the running game away from Kansas City. And as good as Mahomes is, if he doesn't have any running game, I think that it's going to significantly hurt him. I like the Niners. I think it's a McCaffrey game. I think it's a Debo game. Um, and that leads into another prop bet that I like uh, as well. Um, one of my favorite props, just a few bucks. I'm not telling you to go wild, but you can get Debo to win the MVP at plus 2,000, which means 20 to 1. So even if you don't think he's going to win it, and I don't necessarily think he's going to win it, but 20 to 1, I think Debo is going to have a huge I like all the Debo props, really. I think Debo is going to have a huge game, uh, Larry. And I, I, think, I would guess you would agree that if you – if you thought San Francisco was going to win this game, that Debo will play a, a large role in it. Well, if the 49ers win, the MVP race is far more wide open because Absolutely. They, have, they have far more weapons over there, uh, notable weapons that people uh, in the stadium, in the media, that would vote for. And right. Debo is one of them. I mean, that guy, he could score a rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns, and be electric and certainly be an MVP. Like there's that that could easily happen. But but McCaffrey, here's the thing. Uh, at plus four fifty, you see up there at the top right of the screen. McCaffrey could he could he could score three touchdowns and Purdy. Here's the thing: Purdy, they could get down in the field. He, he could have three two yard rushing touchdowns, and he got three right. touchdowns. Uh, MVP. That's easy. So yeah, I, I feel like that. That's uh, if you like the 49ers, I'd be betting MVPs. But yeah, Debo with that number, he could certainly be electric. Like this is a game where he is easily one of the most dynamic players on the field. Period. And look, I'm with you. Like here's the thing: I, it's like it's almost like I took the Chiefs because I feel like that's the safe pick. Right. If I, I you know I. I, I could certainly see the 49ers winning this game because I'm a big believer in Brock Purdy. Like, yeah. I am a believer. Like, he's not that great for this long of a stretch without actually being great. Like, that's yeah, I mean, absolute. You're talking over 20 games now that he's got under his belt. I mean, he's he's legitimately been a top-tier quarterback, and I think he's going to be going forward. Yes. Um, look, you cannot bet, if you want to talk about other bets that you're going to make, betting Mahomes at plus 125 is ridiculous. Uh, you'd be much better off just eating the 20 cents and betting on the, the Chiefs to, to win the game at plus 102, basically even money. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever, and I'm just trying to give a betting tip out there. Do not bet on Mahomes to win the MVP. If the Chiefs win the game, there's about a 96% chance that Mahomes is going to be the MVP. I mean, let, let's just say, so you're getting no value there whatsoever. Kelsey at plus 1,200, maybe you're not getting enough value, I don't think, to bet in I'm trying to teach people about value and betting and you know, well, that could happen. That could, yeah, but you're not getting the right number there. So I do like McCaffrey at 450. If you want to put a few bucks on that as well, if you think San Francisco is going to win the game, I think you're getting value there. McCaffrey, but again, Debo is the number, but I have my favorite prop of all Larry Holder is there is, you can go on just about, I think I've seen them on, I've seen this on every, every site and it's about, Minus 150, depending on where you look, which means you got to bet 150 to win 100, or you got to bet $15 to win 10. But will there be 
a two-point attempt in the Super Bowl? The answer is no. And it's this is the by far the best value you're going to find, and I'm going to tell you why. You want to know the last time the 49ers even tried a two-point conversion? You have any idea? No. 2021. They haven't tried a two-point conversion in two years. The Kansas City Chiefs this season, two-point conversions, one. They've attempted only one all season. So you're talking about two teams that have combined to attempt one all season long. These are two conservative coaches. They're very old-school kind of coaches. They're not even going to even think about going for two until they get to the fourth quarter. So you're basically betting minus 150 on that fourth quarter will they attempt. Now, if it's the score that I predict, 24-19, and someone scores a touchdown to make it 24-19, they are going to go for two to make it 24-21. But you'd have to be in that circuit that absolute right circumstance for them to even think about going for two. And that's why one and a half to one, and people love to bet yeses on stuff like this. So when they find this and they see, oh, my goodness, it's plus 130. They're giving me money to bet on the yes. Uh, this this is going to be 98% bet on yes, and only the people who know what they're doing are going to bet on the no. Great value. There will not be a two-point conversion attempted in this game well my score wouldn't they wouldn't be doing it well part of this is uh these two teams have been two of the best teams in the nfl the last two years they're not chasing points so they're not over two so that's that's a big big part of uh of doing that but you might have to you might convince me to go run out and do that but here's the thing if they like your score almost screams like that they would have to have missed a two-point conversion well, that's why I also bet on my score. Put a couple bucks. <laughs> Look at you. Oh, oh. I won't be upset if my score hits and someone tried a two-point conversion. I'm not going to be that upset about it. I just, I got to be honest. Also, uh, another, here's another little uh, tip for you. Uh, Kansas City second-half unders this season. Interesting little nugget for you. This season, Kansas City unders 18-2. and two. 18 times the under in the second half in all Kansas City games have gone under. Only twice this year have they gone over. They both, uh, all three of their uh, playoff games have gone under as well. So the Chiefs are a dead nut under team in the second half. I like the under for the game, but I probably like the under in the second half even more. It's hard to go over when you score zero in the AFC championship game in the second half. And the other team only scored three, yeah. Right, Uh, but also, well... Last year, Kansas City certainly turned it on in the second half to catch and beat. A little different defense on the other side. Well, yeah. And so, that, as we see now, yeah, the, the Eagles defense became a dumpster fire starting in like week 12. Oh, right. my gosh. But, yeah, it's a – but, look, I, I'll just say overall, this whole game, I'm really looking forward to it. I know people might have been like, oh, I am too. 49ers. Uh, yeah. Again, it's it, – look – Purdy is far more uh, a better player and, and far more interesting than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think overall, like, this 49ers team is better than that one. And the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and they're vulnerable. And so, I, look, I think you add it all up. And most importantly, is Taylor going to make it? Oh, God. Let's get the playing tracker. Let's do oh, it. Oh, is Britney Spears going to, I mean, you, you'll be like doing this Oops, with you. She did it again. I'm not going to do the shimmy oh again. I'm doing it again. Where have we gone with football, Larry Holder? 
It's supposed to be. Oh, I know. Get off my lawn. I understand. Old man. You're not that much older than me. Don't be crusty, old man. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Live a little. Can we play football, for God's sake? This is why the Super Bowl is almost always anticlimactic. Oh. Even though the, as great as the game was last year, I'm like, to me, the, the football is kind of over when you get to the championship games. When those are over, it's like, okay, Niners and Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Who gives a damn? I mean, I look, I, I am looking forward to this game, but I, I'm, I might have to turn the sound off. I, I will I say, I, let me, let me, let me uh, maybe like do some uh, uh, coincidence here. So the last yeah. time Super Bowl ran into Mardi Gras that I can remember, the one I can remember, it was the, t- the 2007 season. Patriots were perfect. The Giants upset them. It's Bacchus Sunday. So I'm watching the game and I'm on Julia Street. Yeah, I'm a, I'm on a I'm on a condo and a condo I'm watching, and it's King Hulk Hogan riding by in Bacchus. You seeing Patriots upset combined with King Hulk Hogan, what what could be better? So why can't this be wonderful for, for us here? Can Gonna give wonderful. you another one and it sucked. I don't know, remember the number, but the Philly special. Uh, Super the Bowl. Last one, but yeah, that was the Philly special. Yeah, the Philly special Super Bowl was the uh, the first weekend of Mardi Gras, 2017 season, and 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 it stunk because my daughter was a maid in oh god I can't remember the parades defunct now in Metairie it was one of the big Saturday night parade Caesar Centurion Caesar Caesar uh, and she was a maid in Caesar and it rained like. Cats and dogs Saturday night, and they moved it to Sunday night. I'm like, are you out of your mind? They moved, and, and my daughter's a maid. I have to go to the parade. I'm, like, sitting there on my phone watching the parade. Oh, there's my daughter. Hold on. Let me turn this to video. Took some video. Go back to watching the game. Everybody's enjoying the parade. I don't care. It's a Super Bowl. So we did get back to my friend's house to be able to watch the Philly special there at the end. But, of course, it's the it's a Super Bowl with, like, 70 points scored in it, and I can't watch it because we're at – a stupid parade. Well, I mean, that I love mean, my, and I love Mardi Gras. I'm in Endymion Saturday uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's tomorrow. Good Lord, tomorrow. Anyway, you better so. tell everybody what float you're on, so everybody can yell. I tell you what, I will tell everyone what float I'm on. You're gonna have to go listen to the the actual pod, and I will finish the uh, my actual pod telling you what float I'm on. So you can search for Datitude wherever you get your podcast. And at the end of the show today, I'll tell you what what float and position I'm on. You can come yell at me. What are you doing this weekend, Larry Holder? Besides the Super Bowl, I will. Well, my wife, uh, she works for Fox Eight, so she will be part of oh, the staff covering and airing the uh, the parade. So I will okay. be. Uh, I will play Uber. I drop her off at the convention center, and then I pick her up, and then I wake up the next day and I work. Now I will get out. Actually, I've got I've got some good friends who are actually getting married in the quarter on married. On Mardi Gras Day. So married? I am going to be. <laughs> yes, Sorry. Long Duck Dong. <laughs> Sorry. Bong. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. All right, well, Daniel's reference for all you people who don't know what in the world we were just talking about. What is he talking Married? What is he? What does it mean? All right. <laughs> well, I. He got his girl. All right. Well, you're not going in Deming, so I don't have to tell you what float I'm on. Uh, right. You can throw stuff at my wife as she's like field producing, got the headset on. I don't know. Right. I don't know who she's going to be. Which reporter she's going to be on the floor? Well, as we go off here for the final time in season three, like no joke. Um, I asked you, like I think maybe a week or two before we started this. Uh, Jeff Duncan had been my partner the last couple of years on a Friday. 
Um, he had ob- other obligations with the Saints Insider podcast. I called you and you immediately said yes, and we've been doing this. Uh, I think maybe we missed one or two Fridays because our schedules didn't job and I might have had to do it on a different day or whatever. But um, it has been great talking to you every Friday. We text each other every now and then. Uh, we talk every now and then outside of this, but it has been great uh, talking to you every Friday, and I truly appreciate your time uh, and your friendship. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, you too, same. And, uh, look, we're, we'll keep this going for sure. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Like, I've been looking forward to it. It's great. For those who don't know, um, you know, Larry and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, I kind of picked up the show that he started, Black and Gold Today, back at the paper, I think, eight years ago. And then afterward, uh, when we stopped doing that, he and Jeff Duncan had their own show, Duncan Holder. A lot of you know that show. Uh, And I was the guest fill-in. So whenever one of them had a day off or went on vacation or whatever it was, I was the the fill-in. And so I got to do probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 shows a year. Maybe more than that. I don't know. But uh, I had a blast doing that. And they really... Doing that show back then kind of led to this, uh, me reali- realizing how much I love doing it. And uh, because Larry and, and Dunk were able to uh, allow me to fill in and, and kind of, uh, I guess, cut my teeth, so to speak, on, on how to do this, uh, it led to me being able to have my own podcast, and it was a, it was a quick transition. So interestingly enough, you know, both of those guys have been kind of uh, big deals and, and big assists when it comes to me starting this pod. Uh, both, obviously, Dunk was on the show on Fridays for a long time, and now Larry Holder here in season three. So I can't thank uh, either one of them enough, both, again, for not just helping me out, but for their friendship. Much appreciated. And already looking forward to season four. Uh, programming note, we are going to take a little break here. Um, you heard me mention it earlier uh, and when Larry and I were talking about it. As I do each year, I take a little break during Mardi Gras. I usually take the week off uh, of Mardi Gras. Then for the pod, I take the week after Mardi Gras. I kind of, you know, get a, a, a refocus or get it, let our mind take a break, so to speak. Um, and I really need that now. So we're going to take a few weeks off here from the pod when we come back. It will still be a lot, Saints. Uh, it would still be a lot in football, but as I usually do, there will be other things to talk about when we come back. Uh, the Pelicans uh, have a have a few weeks where their schedule looks very favorable. I mean, they could get themselves right now. They're sitting at sixth. They could get themselves up there. Uh, they could be a big factor in this NBA Western Conference. And I'm telling you right now, we talked about it on Bayou Bets yesterday. Um, you might want to put a dollar or two just for the heck of it if you bet if you enjoy betting the pelicans right now are 60 to 1 to win the nba title and don't laugh look i'm not joking even if i had no interest in the pels whatsoever i would tell you i think that's a good value 60 to 1 i think they have the kind of team that could win the nba if they got hot at the right time and play like they're playing right now i mean they just beat one of, if not the best team in the NBA right now, and the Clippers on the road and beat them handily uh, Wednesday night in L.A. They, As I record this here, they got the Lakers on the road tonight as they're on their annual Mardi Gras trip. But if they win this game against the Lakers, I don't know. This, this could be an interesting winning streak going forward if they win this game tonight. So 
they'll we'll learn a lot about them. But I'm telling you right now, 60 to one to win the NBA title is not a ridiculous value. I mean, you just think about it. What what you could win? You put you put a buck on it, and they win the NBA title. You got 60. I mean, even with much limited Shaw math, I can tell you what that is. Uh, and I think to win the West, it's something along the lines of uh, 22 to one, or something along those lines. So, might be worth a buck or two. Just saying. You heard it here first on Datitude. But as we get and start season four, uh, I believe it's going to be, I think it, I think it's March the first is the first Friday in March. So we'll either start uh, March the first or March the eighth. I think it's going to be March the first. But we will shift our attention. It'll be right around the time that the conference tournaments are starting in college basketball. Uh, we'll be right before. The uh, March Madness begins. We'll get into that. Uh, Uncle Big Nick, I promise, this time is going to be back. We'll, we'll start talking golf when it's close to the Masters. All sorts of things. We will talk about Saints Draft. That's coming up at the end of April, so Larry's going to be on here and there. But I'll have different guests on. Uh, we're going to kind of swap up guests. Uh, it's going to be fun. We go back to having great guests like we usually have. Uh, Larry has been the best guest we've had all year. But we go, and we're able to get some people from from elsewhere and do that and have fun with it. So that's where we'll be. Um, and I also, I told you before we went off the air today that, A, I would tell you where I'm at in Endymion on Saturday if you want to come catch the parade, yell at me. It's probably best, honestly, if you hold a sign. I'm probably not going to hear you. If you hold up a little sign with just my name on it, I'm going to throw you uh, some good stuff, some good loot. Uh, so I am on float 17A. There is a skeleton on the front of our float. Uh, now, you got to realize when you're talking about Endymion, these are floats that are connected. So there's, and literally, it could, to some people, could look like the same float. So there's something connecting A with B. Now, that being said, I am on 17A on the front part of the float, but the second to last man on that front part on the driver's side. You got that? So if you're looking at the float, I am on the driver's side of the float, 17A, the second to last man, and it's one level where I'm at. There's like three people in this one little one level. It comes up from the well, with, and then there's a top and a bottom, and then it kind of like comes into one little spot there where there's room for three people in the back of this uh, first half of the float, and that's where I'm at. So you hold up a sign and yell my name, and I will uh, bomb you with some goodies. The crew of Endymion, and uh, we will, we're going to have some fun with it. But before I go off uh, this afternoon uh, with the season three finale, um, besides just saying thank you for staying with me, especially for those people who have listened to a majority of the episodes, a majority of our 208 episodes, I know no one. Let's be let's be real. I don't think anyone, uh, except for me, who's had to listen to all 208 episodes. But if you've listened to more than 104, that means you've listened to a majority of these episodes, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of this sh show as we go along and uh, take a little break and get started, refreshed and started again. But, uh, you know, I, I am who I am. My name is Jim Derry. Some of you don't know, or a lot of you don't know, it's it's Jim Derry Jr., and uh, I'm named after my dad, and uh, Jim Derry Sr. is now in heaven, and I've spent a lot of time reflecting since he passed on Sunday about all the great things that, you know, we were able to do. And unfortunately, I haven't seen him as much as I would have liked the, the past few years. He moved to Florida in 93, 
about uh, nine, eight, nine hours away. Um, and like a lot of kids and parents, uh, when they're split up and, and not together uh, as much anymore, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't spend as much time as much lately as I would have liked. But um, we certainly did when I was a kid. And uh, I'll, some of the fondest memories of my life are on a boat with my dad, just he and I, whether we were out shrimping or fishing or there were times even when, you know, we were oystering in, oystering, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we had just, we had a lot of moments together, just he and I, uh, when I was a kid. We rode in Demian together for three years. Uh, so he helped me uh, shape my fond love of Mardi Gras. One of my favorite stories that I wasn't with him for this, but um, one of the best stories of my life that I've ever heard, no joke, uh, for you, those of you old enough to know what I'm talking about, when the Saints uh, beat the Lions and Tom Dempsey kicked the 63-yard field goal, his story of my grandfather, he and my grandfather always went to the games together, uh, my mom's dad, and uh, at, Tula, at old Tulane Stadium. And my uh, grandfather wanted to leave. Saints are going to lose. Let's go. Blah. Well, they leave, and they're walking out in the parking lot, and my dad says it was like an earthquake. And he turns around to my grandfather, and he goes, I don't know what we just missed, but I'm never going to forgive you for it, you son of a bitch. Love that story. So many stories with my dad, just out being on a boat, and we got stuck, and we, uh, the boat, we got stuck 30 miles offshore in the Gulf in our boat, and it would only go in reverse at like three miles an hour. It took us like 13 hours to get back from where we were, and then we run aground when we finally get back. Oh, just some great moments. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a great moment, but you know what? When you're hanging out with your dad, it kind of is. And so, uh, you know, this song, Alan Jackson, Daddy Let Me Drive, he did. He taught me how to drive. And uh, just a lot of, just ever, anything you can imagine with uh, a dad and a son. I'll never forget the first day I beat him in golf. I think I was like 28 years old. I'm not joking. I'm 27, 28, somewhere around there. And uh, went out and visited him in Florida. Had a week off. And we played a lot of golf. And I, I, I remember his face when I won. I was thrilled. I can't tell you how thrilled I was. And I think it really hurt his feelings. We didn't play a whole lot of golf after that, by the way. I don't think it was. It wasn't the last time we ever played golf. But we didn't play golf much after that. After I finally beat him. Um, I remember one trip on uh, on Father's Day. Just go and surprise him. He didn't know I was coming. And then even just a year and a half ago, he didn't know I was coming. He had a surprise 80th birthday party that my that my stepmother put put together for him. It was uh, it was quite a moment. But uh, my dad's memory will always be with me. I am lucky enough to say that at least I know a lot of sons out there didn't... Uh, a lot of people who listen to the show, a lot of sons who listen to the show who weren't lucky enough to have 55 years with their dad. Um, so I am thankful for that. I really am. And, um, you know, he, he lived to be 81, and he did just about everything in life that he wanted to do. And he spent the last 37 years of his life married to my stepmother, Donna, who I know he cherished more than anyone in this world. And uh, he's going to be watching over her and us and me and my children hopefully for the rest of our lives as well 
That's my little tribute to my dad. And look, uh, I couldn't have left here today without without talking about him a little bit. And I, uh, if you listen to it all, I thank you for listening to it all. And uh, a lot of you know exactly how I'm feeling today. That is going to wrap it up for today. It's going to wrap it up for season three of the Datitude podcast. And we will be back for a season four uh, either on March 1st or March 8th, whatever that Friday is. And uh, we'll be refocusing what we're looking at and talking about Saints and talking about a lot of other things at the same time. Can't wait to get it started. Can't wait to have a little break either and enjoy this Mardi Gras weekend. Hope you all do the same. Hope you don't get the baby. Let somebody else buy the king cake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Peace and love, my friends. I'm grown up now and three daughters of mom. Let them drive my old Jeep across the pasture at our home. Maybe one day they'll reach back in their file and pull out that old memory and think of me and smile and say, it's just an old worn out Jeep. Rusty old floorboards hot on my feet. A young girl, two hands on the wheel. I can't replace the way it made me feel. And he'd say, turn it left and steer it right. Straighten up, girl, now you're doing just fine. Just a little valley by the river where we ride.